Hello and welcome, welcome back, back to the Gorporium. <coughs> if you don't remember, my name is Fox. And I'm still Bella. And we're just two gore whores who dabbled in necromancy and now have a half-dead man named Egbert sitting next to us. He was our pizza delivery guy before the landlord got to him. And before the beast then had a little bit of a nibble. Oh, did you did you say something, Egbert? I think he said he's overjoyed to be in our presence and is excited to hear us talk about the movie. Though I can't be sure. Bit tricky to understand him without his tongue. Well, he certainly does seem excited. Look at him, he's dribbling all over himself. Maybe he'll end up being our customer of the day. We could do with the sale, because I don't know if you've noticed, but we've got lots of movies overflowing the shelves right now, and all for low, low prices. Yeah, we're having a bit of a bargain bin bonanza, if you will. I will. And it's all because Fox made a stupid deal with our movie supplier and now we're up to our eyeballs in horror movies. Listen, I love a bargain and it didn't work out, but we're going to make the most of it. I believe in us. Hmm. He's trying to avoid the subject, so I'll tell you what he did. He was offered double the amount of movies for a tenth of the price and blindly accepted without checking the inventory. Which means we've been saddled with some of the worst horror movies of all time, and now we have to sell them. Movies that get such horrible reviews that everyone avoids them like the plague. Movies that went straight to DVD, and those DVDs went straight to the bargain bin. Movies that don't even scrape 5 out of 10 stars on IMDb. Which is hard to do. Hmm. In order to move this stock, we are taking it upon ourselves to watch and evaluate these movies and find their silver linings. If we know their strong points, we'll know how to market them and find their forever homes. So, let's get into it. This week we're going to be watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation from 1994, starring Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. Which, aside from the third movie, was the only Texas Chainsaw movie I hadn't seen before this week. I hope you like spoilers. And mysterious airplanes. Now, let's begin. So, before we get into the movie, is there anything you'd like to catch us up on? What have you been up to? Honestly, not really. I have a job interview, so that's exciting. I mean, obviously, this is because we don't really make enough money to sustain ourselves largely from the Gorporium. Yeah, that tracks Like, we're more kind of stuck in a limbo here. Like, I love it, but, like, I'm not getting any, like, we're not getting much cash. No, we certainly don't have, like, savings or anything like that. We sort of get to live here and stay young forever. Yeah. But it would be nice to have, like, a little extra cash. Yeah. I could do with a new new chair to sit at. (laughs) What are you sitting on right now? It's, like, a stool 
Um, but one of the legs is extremely shorter than the others, so I'm on a massive lean. Ah. Uh. Then, in order to stay up straight, requires a huge amount of core strength that I just frankly don't have. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, you look uncomfortable. Yeah, plus I have a really bony ass, so like it's just going <laughs> numb. <laughs> just no. dead. Um, well, I'm sure I yeah. can sort out getting a new chair for you. Um, ASAP. That would be nice. Like, honestly, any chair would do. Just even, like, one of them plastic ones that you get at, like, school assemblies would be perfect. Oh, well, I can acceptable. go steal one from a school. Like, steal it oh, right, well, yeah, right out works. from under a child. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to put this out there. Because of the arrival of Scream 5 and the mm. anniversary of Scream 3, 22 years, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, 22. Yeah. I have seen a lot of hatred for Courtney Cox's baby bangs in Scream 3. Mm-hmm. I just want to say you're all cowards. It's the best look. Her baby bangs are iconic. I love them. I think they're cute. I think that um, they're justifiable. Yeah. The best look she's had is definitely Scream 2 with like the red highlights. Oh, the red Oh my god, the red highlights are iconic, it has to be said. Yeah, those serve, but frankly, I think the baby bangs are fine. I like them. I em. don't necessarily love them. I like them is definitely probably the word I would use. She looks great in all the movies. I think that's undeniable, but definitely the look in Scream Three gets unnecessarily yeah. shat upon. It's it's un it's unfair. And am I saying this as someone who has baby bangs and also whose girlfriend has baby bangs? Yes. <laughs> so that's I'm also goes. a previous owner of baby bangs. I anytime I've had long hair, baby bangs all the way. Yeah, I like them. Fuck yeah. I just think they're hot. I think they look good on everybody. I think you're all cowards, and yeah. I'm tired of just seeing middle parts everywhere. Yeah, bring, I'm done with bring it. Bring back weirder haircuts. <laughs> and I'm not talking about shag cuts, because that's a coward's mullet. Yeah, come on. Go the whole way. <laughs> Go the whole hog, if you're gonna do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> come on now. I say this again as someone with a shag cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm mostly <laughs> kidding because I think shag cuts and wolf cuts. Actually I think are they're very really nice. Cute. Yeah, but they are the coward's mullet. <laughs> All right. Have you been up to anything else? No, no. Honestly, no. no. It's been quiet. Really, I won't lie. Yeah. We've mostly just watched a lot of Texas Chainsaw movies. Yeah, that's that's been my week. Has been watching Texas Chainsaw movies, which is fine. I've enjoyed it. I've meant to like catch up on Euphoria and a bunch of other media consumption, and instead we've basically just watched every single Texas Chainsaw movie bar the first two. Yeah, only because we'd already seen them recently. Yeah, no, don't like. Please don't worry, everyone. We have seen them. <laughs> Do you have any other fun anecdotes from <laughs> from the last fortnight? So what I've been up to, well, other than writing, which I'm constantly doing a lot of, mm. I'm gonna, I'm starting a novella, which is exciting. Yeah, which is going to be little sort book. of a, I think a slasher. I think oh. is what I'm going for. There's not that many slasher books. There's a lot of like psychological horror books. 
or like yeah, there's a lot of, of like murder detective books that's what i find 90 percent of the time when i'm looking for horror novels it's like crime yeah, you just get recommended crime books instead which yeah. is not the same thing, which is fine in my opinion but i want like just pure there's horror. some crossover but there yeah, is there exactly is. i'm trying to think what else i've been what else i've been doing which again it's frankly not been much it's again largely just been watching Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre, which we can talk about a little bit. The 2013 one is bad. We know this. It's the worst yeah. one in the series, and I think that that's yeah. I don't even think that's up for debate. Easily, too. No. It just is the worst one. The 2003 remake, I think, is pretty good. We watched that last night. Yeah, I quite liked that one. Leatherface is almost good. Leatherface was fine. It's like close to being good but like i've got some plot qualms (laughs) yeah i took issue with some of it yeah some of it just didn't really make any sense character wise but uh you know i think it was fun and it's certainly the most gruesome visually in the entire series yeah it was really nasty because for movies that are called texas chainsaw massacre a lot of them are fairly bloodless you know yeah yeah largely or they've got a lot of blood but not a lot of like on-screen gore for sure yeah or not a lot of chainsawing action yeah actually he's kind of like got a chainsaw but we don't see him chainsaw people i've honestly seen him chainsaw himself more on accident than i've potentially seen him yeah he's done that a good couple times poor guy poor leatherface yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Do you want to move on to the tagline and poster? I would absolutely love to. Are you ready for these taglines? Because I actually think these are <laughs> these are pretty good. I think I'm absolutely buzzing. I don't know. Okay. Maybe not good. Maybe f- fun. I guess. Okay. All right. The first one's just kind of boring. I think it's the one that's been on a lot of posters and stuff. The American legend returns to bring you to the cutting edge of terror. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's fine, I mean. Yeah. Got, you, got, you got a little play on words. Yeah, it's fine. It's just not very, it's like, okay. memorable in any way. It's just sort of yeah. saying he's back again. Back once more. Sequel taglines always tend to be like this, though. It's like, oh, Guess who's back again? Good old Leatherface. Like, Guess right. who's, who's not dead? Woo! Woo, yeah, he's, he's back from the dead and he's gonna do some killing. America's favorite monster. Ba 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 ba. It's always that yeah, it's kind of that, thing. It's all that shenanigans. Right, give me another one. All right. The buzz is back. <laughs> That's quite good. <laughs> I also. I, like, just go, I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, like, the next one, then. Are you ready? The buzz is back. Yeah. Still buzzing after all these years. <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> Even after all these years, I'm buzzing. <laughs> That's what it makes me think of, too. It makes me think of, like, British <laughs> slang. Because I also say I'm buzzing. Like, I'll be like, oh, I'm buzzing for this. Like, oh. Yeah. I'm buzzing for later today. 
if I've got like a yeah. party to go to or something. So that's just what it makes me think of. Just... I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> just that he's really excited. He's just so happy. He's absolutely buzzing. He's still buzzing after all these years. Even he's after so... all this time. Good for him. <laughs> Man. Good for him. Yeah, literally. All right. The legend is reborn. Uh I don't like that one. No. Nah, because it's like he's not really reborn. He's, he's not just reborn. kind of like he's the same. Boy. Still vibing. I mean if the, <laughs> the intro Texas Chainsaw 4, still vibing. <laughs> but like with the intro of this movie, they're just sort of like, oh, there was some crimes. And then nothing for a while, and then there's some more crimes. Ooh, are they all connected? It's clearly the same guy. But they're not, not like really connected at all, are they? Because it no. like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It makes zero sense whatsoever. All right, the next two are my favorites. If looks could kill, he wouldn't need a chainsaw. Yeah, I mean, he's he has a nasty face. Well, with looks could kill normally implies that someone's really sexy. No, it no it doesn't. Yes it does. No it doesn't. If looks could kill No, hold on. Now hold the fuck on. Right, do you think it means if you are ugly? Shut your mouth. (laughs) Shut up. If looks (laughs) could kill means it when someone pulls like so say you say something that's like stupid or annoying and someone in the room pulls like a really like annoyed face or like yeah. looks really angry or looks really disappointed at what you've said, then you could be like, oh, if looks could kill, because they're literally looking at you like they want to kill you. Oh, I always thought it was sort of like a femme fatale thing, like a sexy lady who just walks in the room and she's so sexy that everyone feels like they're going to (laughs) die. That's what I always thought it was. I don't know why. Um, So I thought... I don't think so. I thought that this tagline was implying that whoever wrote the tagline that Leatherface in this movie is just so sexy that... You could kill just by his looks, but actually you can't do that, so he just still needs to chainsaw him up. <laughs> um, I wish that's what it meant, but yeah, unfortunately... Yeah, because I do think that is fun. <laughs> I think that would be funny, because he has a very beautiful lady skin suit at some point in this film, so... And he certainly does enough in this uh, poster that we'll get into in just a second. We just got yeah. my my final tagline. Okay. He's back. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know, keeping it simple. I get it. Well, That's fine. The way I read that made it sound like way more dramatic than when I first saw it. Because when I first saw it, I like read it in my head. It's just like, he's back. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem there is that we're British. <laughs> yeah, he's back. And so, oh, he's back. You're, You're dead. a goner, mate. <laughs> mate, it's fucking over for you, to be honest. <laughs> Let's talk about these posters because I'm oh, obsessed please. with them. Obsessed. They're really quite odd, but I like them. They're bizarre. I've not quite seen anything else like them outside of pornography. They look like old <laughs> porno posters. <laughs> 
I, I just think them. in like font and color scheme, the font choice is bizarre. The font is really, really, really weird. It looks like the kind of fonts that kids would like word art. It looks yeah. like word art. Oh my god, that I you'd use on like art. your PowerPoint presentations <laughs> and stuff. Oh, word art, come back. To and it's me. just kind of all over the place. Though I do like that there's consistency between the two posters in font and color. Like they work well together. Yeah. So yeah. the first one is she's applying red lipstick, but the lipstick is a teeny tiny chainsaw. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Which the saw is family. The saw is family. I actually really like that. Oh yeah, and he, there's a teeny reflection of Leatherface. <gasps> I didn't in, even see that. In the hand, the tiny little lipstick handle. Oh my god. For some reason. I want a tiny chainsaw like that. Like, I'm absolutely minuscule. Just a ridiculously one. small one. Like, I don't know what I'm going to use it instead it of, like, for. scissors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, cut veggies with it. Oh my god, that would be so fun. I think that'd be way more fun than using a knife, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, is the whole thing. Of Texas Chainsaw, isn't it? It's just a bit more fun than a knife. Yeah, it's just a more exciting knife. Like, Texas Knife Massacre is not as exciting. (laughs) No, it's not as fun, is it? Texas Chainsaw Massacre, let's fucking go. Woohoo! Alright, opinions on this second poster. So, it's it's Leatherface in, in drag. Like, sexy stockings and high heels and sort of a Betty Page wig and then holding a very large chainsaw while sat on a stool on a red background. Love it. I think it I think it rules. Rules? Yeah. It looks like it's his Playboy cover. Also, he's got baby bangs. <laughs> he does have baby Fuck bangs. Yeah. And it's a look. It looks great. I actually love both of these posters and kind of want to own both of them and have them like framed side by side <laughs> they're so fun i'm slightly obsessed with them i bet you could find them yeah probably i'll be deep diving into the internet about this later definitely but are you ready to get into the meat of this movie meat 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 <laughs> all right <laughs> meat Kill me, then do it. Are you having fun here? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. If looks could kill, he wouldn't need a chainsaw. Welcome to the meat. Better known as a synopsis, the meat is where we tell you about everything that happened in the movie and our thoughts as we watched it. And we'll chuck in some trivia for good measure. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacres is an odd series of films. Uh, If you think the Halloween timeline makes zero sense, you gotta strap in for this one. So, like, the first one is a masterpiece that, frankly, no other movie in the series is touching in any regard. It is a five-star film across the board. We both adore it. That's not to say, though, that I don't like the others. Anyway, so the first one was released in 1974 and was directed by Toby Hooper. 
1986, he returned to make The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which, very much unlike the first one, is more of a dark comedy, and in unusual sequel fashion, it doesn't continue directly on from the first and instead serves as a parody and a sort of strange reimagining of the first one, and features all new members of the Sawyer family, including the iconic Chop Top. The only character that remains the same is Leatherface, and this continues through most of the other installments. Leatherface remains, for all intents and purposes, the same character. It's everyone else who's different. Like The third one also features the Sawyer family, including an uncomfortably sexy Viggo Mortensen. Like, why was he so hot in that? Actually, <laughs> He was yeah, weirdly sexy, and it made me feel a bit bad. The remakes in 2003 and 2006 changed the Sawyers into the Hewitts, and Leatherface kind of underwent a bit of a glow-up in the threatening monster department. He became a bit less of a, a bumbling, overgrown child. The only actual direct sequel to the first Texas Chainsaw is from 2013, Texas Chainsaw 3D, wherein a 26-year-old Alexandria Daddario plays a 40-year-old. She was, the character is born in 1974, but the film is set in 2012. We won't linger on that because it's partially because it's terrible, but mainly because we're here to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, otherwise known as The Return of Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1994. This one was written and directed by Kim Henkel, who wrote the original and was filmed on location in Texas, which is always a bonus. Sadly, it did not perform as expected, and even when it was re-released in 1997, which was the version we ended up watching, once Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey had both become huge stars, it continued to perform both terribly, both financially and critically, with only critic Joe Bob Briggs really championing it at the time. Ultimately, aside from 3D, it is largely regarded as the worst entry in the series and was definitely the worst performing, making only $185,000 domestically across both the 1995 and 1997 versions. We personally think this is a travesty, so let's get into why. So, we start with a fun voiceover intertitle, classic Chainsaw Massacre, letting us know that oh, in yes. 1973 there were reports of a chainsaw-wielding family that were never caught. It has been some time since these incidents. Our story begins in 1996, despite the film coming out in 1995, and it's prom night, baby! Oh yeah, I just wanna... Sorry, I just wanna address that real quick, because... Earlier, I've said that this movie is from 1994 because it's actually registered as like a 1994 film, like oh. on Wikipedia and IMDb and stuff. But it was released in 1995, so okay. it's kind of like yeah, well, it's fine. So the fact it's set in no, well, okay, what's happened there is even weirder. No, what's happened there is that this because we watched the 1997 re-release. Apparently, the recut. Mm-hmm is then set in 96, whereas the one that came out in 95 was set in 94. Right, that's confusing. I guess it doesn't really matter. I guess it doesn't matter, but the one that we watched was based in 1996. Wouldn't Leatherface at this point be like 50? Old as shit, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not that 50 is old as shit, but like... (laughs) But yeah, like, old to be... I don't know, a slasher. I mean, I guess they've done the same with, like, Halloween and everything. Yeah, I guess Michael Myers would be, like, really old. Why does he have an all-new family? 
I'm confused. I don't know. Anyway. It's just best not to question it too much. Yeah, it it just doesn't work great as like a direct sequel. And it barely is. It just isn't. It just isn't one. Um, okay. Anyways, no, it's not. So they tried. <laughs> our story is on prom night, and Heather, a prom girl, played by played by, played by blip, blip, blip. Lisa Marie New Newmeyer. Um, I don't know why I said her name like that. Asks a teacher about her boyfriend <laughs> <Newmeyer>. Barry. <laughs> Her boyfriend, Barry, played by Tyler Cohn, as he has gone missing at the prom. Her teacher seems confused and says she hasn't seen him. Um, And Heather's friend, who we never really get a follow-up on, explains that the teacher is a bitch and a liar in the weirdest acting sequence of all time. I actually can't wrap my head around that. What was she doing? What was she doing? doing? I don't know. I guess she was like, I only have, like, one like a line in this film so i need to like make it stand out and so she just just like proceeded to do the weirdest shit i've ever seen it was really over the top and bizarre and then just yeah we we don't get a follow-up on that character at all or why she's having like some complete freak out about this teacher yeah just it's completely all for naught it was really odd anyways she certainly stands out though like she does if her mission was to be memorable, she achieved it. <laughs> then she's it. done it. I hope she got the career she wanted. <laughs> yeah. So Heather continues her search for her boyfriend, only to see that he is cheating on her with a bow tie wearing girl. Oh no, not the bow tie. <laughs> the bow tie choker is a choice. Yeah, she's wearing like a silk bow tie over like a, like a strapless like dress, which is a very weird choice. I hate it. Yeah. It made me mad. She runs off. Uh, in anguish and takes Barry's car careening around the car park and picking him up. They have a bit of a squabble whilst driving and Barry tries to explain his behaviour away by saying he needs to have sex otherwise he might get prostate cancer and Heather isn't putting out and so that's his excuse for cheating. (laughs) Surprise! Jenny, Renee Zellweger and her boyfriend Sean played by John Harrison are in the back of Barry's car. And Jenny basically tries to explain to Heather that Barry is an asshole um, and that he was using dumb lines to try and have sex with her, such as, I'll get prostate cancer if you don't have sex with me. It's also just the fact that Heather's like, yeah, well, he is right. What if he went all bold and stuff because I didn't have sex with him? (laughs) You're you're a fucking idiot. Delivery of just like this sort of resigned sigh, like, well, he is right. Having cancer would be pretty bad. And Jenny's just like, no, no, he's just not going to get cancer full stop. It's not <laughs> yeah, like, the- don't worry. Yeah, that's just not going to happen no matter what. <laughs> the The group continue to drive off and get lost in a darkened forest. We are never told where they're aiming to go, but they get lost. Oh, that's a good point. Like, they never say where they're going. They leave the prom. Yeah, they just leave prom, like, at the start. Prom's, like, barely started. Yeah, and they leave. Not saying where they're going, but they get lost. So, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Barry's continuing to be the biggest prick ever to Jenny because he thinks that she's, like, a a man-hating, you know, sexless woman. And he hates that about her. Proceeding to look down her top. And when Jenny's like, hey, stop looking down my top, he's like... What, are you afraid that someone's going to find out you have tits? And Heather's like, stop that. And he goes, what? Girls have tits. <laughs> Which is like the stupidest fucking line ever. All of his dialogue in that whole car scene it's is amazing. so funny. It's so funny. 
It's just hit after hit. <laughs> what? Girls have tits. Like, he's not wrong, I guess, <laughs> but, like, good lord. <laughs> right. So the gang get into a nasty crash uh, where they hit somebody else and the other driver is knocked unconscious. Jenny takes the lead and decides to walk and find help with uh, Heather and Barry in tow and they leave Sean behind to stay with the injured guy, which, frankly, Sean gets sort of a bum rap in this because he seems like kind of a nice guy but he's underutilized we don't we don't give a shit about sean from a plot point of view we really don't they eventually come across a small like estate agent's office like we think she's we think she's a real estate agent no we i looked at i actually did some research it she is confirmed to be an estate agent okay because i thought she was but there was no real indication in the movie (laughs) that she was other than her sort of office looked a bit like a real estate agent's and the way she dressed with like the weird pantsuit blouse but also it's in the middle of the woods yeah so i want to yeah it's sort of in an rv kind of thing you know it's it's not like a proper building it's yeah little like kind of one of those like shipping container houses like why is her office out there i don't know and it's also in the woods. Yeah. So, whatever. Anyway. So, they meet a woman. Her name is Darla inside. And uh, she calls the cops. Uh, oh, no. To tell her to call the cops. And she calls a man named Vilma to go pick up the wrecked cars. And then talks to Jenny about her new faked boobs. And how they've, like, doubled her commission. <laughs> Suddenly a rock smashes through her window. And she decides to flash said fake boobs at the culprits who are teen boys makes it clear that this is not the first time it's happened she's like oh these teen boys are always trying to get me to do stuff to flash them like like throw rocks through your window (laughs) like maybe stop flashing them when they do that why would you respond to having a rock thrown through your window by showing your tits and she's like ah these boys always trying to get me to flash them and i'm like I don't understand how you've come to that, like, correlation. She's like, it's like a Pavlovian response. <laughs> Someone throws a rock through a window. She's like, I gotta get my tits out. Gotta get the tits out. Oh my god. Anyway. Now, back with Sean, Vilma shows up, who's played by Matthew McConaughey, uh, to assess damage in his Illuminati wrecking truck. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah, it does. It says Illuminati wrecking on the side. Interesting. He determines that the other driver is dead, despite Sean's protests that he is just knocked out. Vilma kneels down and breaks the guy's neck. So yeah, he's dead now. It's worth noting that Vilma has a robot leg brace, which is very interesting <laughs> and is controlled by remotes, as we see later. But Yeah, two like remotes. multiple remotes. Yeah. Yeah, not just a singular remote. He has to carry around two remotes in order to use his robot yeah it seems inconvenient <laughs> but it was also weird because someone also had a leg brace in the third movie and i think potentially chop top does in the second movie too so i'm not sure why that's like a, a theme that he's all theme. supposed to be like the same person i guess they all kind of are playing the same type like of role. character yeah yeah anyway 
Sean starts backing away as terror as Vilma gets into his truck to run him down, which he succeeds in doing, which kills Sean. Back at the forest office thingy, the three start to make their way up the road, only for Heather and Barry to split off from Jenny, following a truck up a long driveway. Jenny then gets back to the spot of the wreck, only to see the cars, the crash victim, and Sean are missing. Meanwhile, the duo find themselves at a creepy and apparently empty house. Um, so after not getting an answer at the door of said creepy and empty house, Heather sits down on the porch swing and Barry takes a look around back. A man in a leather apron. Take your guess who it might be. Oh, might it be? Might it be a man called Leatherface? Um, oh, you know what? Oh. You might be right. <laughs> um... <laughs> creeps up behind Heather concurrently to Barry being threatened by a sketchy guy with a gun who likes to quote Ulysses S. Grant, which is, I can't remember what the quote he says is. It's like something about fighting on this line. I don't fucking know. Anyways. <laughs> He's just supposed to be a well-read murderous hillbilly. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Camo Jacket Leatherface, played by Robert Jacks, picks up Heather. Also, I'm saying I'm calling him Camo Jacket Leatherface because he's wearing a camo jacket, which I just think is a really funny character choice. Yeah, that is very funny outfit for him. Yeah, like he's very stylish. Um anyway, he picks up Heather <laughs> and jams her in a big deep freeze box after a very long struggle. I think at this point too he has sort of like a mullety looking mask going Yeah, he's got a powerful mullet, actually. Also, I don't know how Heather didn't feel him behind her, because he kind of just stands behind her and, like, puts his hands over her, but, like, two inches away from her skin. Yeah, like, like, she just doesn't notice at all. I don't understand how she doesn't get the sense that someone stood behind her. I also like that when she knocks on their door and realises there's no one home, she's, like, almost breaking down the door Yeah, she's like, you fucking shitheads, or whatever. I'm like, they're not gonna let you in now. (laughs) Like, that's not how it works. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) Get out of here. Anyways. So Heather is jammed in a big, deep freeze box. Barry manages to get inside the house to search for Heather after hearing her screams, um, and also to take a a big piss, because he needs a piss. However, the bathroom in question is papered in human skin and has a dead body in the bathtub, which leaves Barry feeling slightly uneasy, as you might imagine. I like that he's a bit like, ugh. Like, it's sort of like an, ugh, fuck's sake. When he seems like it a rotting corpse in the bathtub. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> and also doesn't notice that the wallpaper is made of human skin, even though it has, like, nipples on it. has, like, a nipple on, on it. it. Yeah, like, that's... Ni- that's I that's think that skin. that would be... Maybe I'm built different, but I honestly think that that would be immediately obvious to me if I walked into a room and, A, it smelt of rotten corpse, because I know that's a st- strong smell. Yeah. Worse oh, yeah. than most bathrooms. Oh, my God, yeah. And I also think that I would notice if the walls were made of people flesh. I think I would, too. But, hey. But, hey, maybe that's just me. Also, what I like about this scene is that the door opens inwards from yes. the right And the bathtub is on the right-hand side of the room. So surely if he opened the door, the first thing he would see would be the body in the bathtub. But instead it takes him having a piss, sort of looking around, and then he (laughs) sees the body. I don't know how he managed to... He's like, oh, shit! They're like, oh my god. He's in the room for like three minutes before he notices. Oh my god. He was just... He just really needed a piss. Like, we've been there. 
Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters in that moment. Also, he only needed a piss. Just do that in a book yeah, outside. please, don't break into a house. How many times did we say this through watching the... Well, we've watched five Texas Chainsaw movies in the past week. And in every single fucking one, somebody goes to a really gnarly toilet at like a gas station or whatever. But they, they don't need a shit or anything. Just they are quite literally just going bush, for a pee. Please. And we're like, go in a bush. What is wrong with you? Like the, Especially the third one. Where they stop at that weird gas station with that pervert dude. Oh, and the yeah. Girls are like, oh, I guess we'll go in here. Don't go in there. And the 2003 one. He's got a one. peephole. He's got to look at you. Like, at least in the 2003 one, they see the state of that toilet and they're like, nah, actually. But in the third one, she actually uses it, even though it looks like the toilet from train spotting, except worse. And there's like peepholes and glory holes all over. And the she's s- like, yeah, I'll take a piss in here. Don't do it. Just go outside. Like, the, this is the only building for miles around. No one's gonna see you take a piss. No, it'll be fine. Anyway, continue. Anyway. So yes, it leaves him feeling rather uneasy, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Upon leaving the bathroom, Leatherface bonks Barry on the head with the blood <laughs> end he sure does. of an in in aches in aches an axe and jams heather onto a meat hook they are both presumably still alive at this point however we never see barry again that's so fucking funny to me he just like hits him poorly with the blunt end of an axe we don't see any blood or wound Nah, he's just done he's done so it's over for Barry, he's dead. Like he seems like he should just be unconscious, he's right? He's dead on impact. <laughs> yeah, apparently just just hit him wrong. Got him in the temple. <laughs> got, yeah, just got him he's in the just, wrong bit. He's man. out. He's done. Whereas Heather survives so much in this film. Yeah, actually. And then back with Jenny, Vilma pulls up to offer her a lift as she's walking up the road, only for her to discover Sean's dead body in the back of the truck. Uh, Jenny manages to tuck and roll her way to temporary freedom, only to be found by Leatherface and herded back to the House of Horrors. That scene with Jenny and Vilma in the truck is one of the best in the film. It's he so is good. He's so terrifying. Scary. I really like that bit where he's talking about how a guy had picked up a girl recently and did like fucked up shit to her Hmm. and she's just like yeah people are awful and he's like yeah it really makes me sick makes me so upset and she thinks that she can kind of trust him until he goes i mean where's the creativity yeah where's the imagination in that really this is the start of when i was like oh okay mcconaughey is gonna put his all into this movie yeah and is potentially going to save it yes anyway um, so Jenny goes upstairs and Bella's written in her notes that I'm an actual tears writing this. And it's just a taxidermied state trooper in the corner. He's um, just like a grey dude. He's just, just like stood in the corner of the room and you're like, huh? Like I remember when we watched it. And you were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who's that guy? And the camera like reverses again. And there's just like, she's just like looking at this, just like gray dude stood in the corner. And you're like, ah, hi. Am I misremembering it? Or is it like very clearly just like an extra painted gray? Oh, no, yeah. It's very, no, it's very much a real person just painted gray standing very still. (laughs) 
Like it's not. Yeah, I think a that's prop. why I was like, "Who's this guy?" Because at first I thought he might be like a member of the family. Yeah, he just looked kind of alive. Well, because he, just... he was. He's just a dude. They painted gray and told him to stand in a corner. Because <laughs> I mean, Grandpa in all of the Texas Chainsaw movies looks dead. Yeah, so until it wouldn't he be far fetched for like. And Chop Top looked pretty grey himself, so it wouldn't be far-fetched for this, like, so it would have just been really funny if he was just, like, you know, an extra member of the family. (laughs) Just like, hello, who's this? (laughs) It just made me absolutely crease upon second watch, because I was like, I just completely forgot about it. And I was... (laughs) (laughs) took me aback so much. It's never touched on. No. Again, he's he's just a bit of fun. But it does show that Jenny is probably in for a bit of a ride here. So she jumps out the window onto the roof, uh, ensuing in a high-stakes chase between her and Leatherface. She unfortunately falls from a phone line into their greenhouse, only to be chased again by Mr. Chainsaw. She runs back onto the road and comes across the office owned by Darla again. And Darla saves the day and gets Jenny inside, comforts her, all of this... Jenny informs Darla that her boyfriend is dead and that her friends are missing, are missing. So Darla's like, oh shit, now it's a party. And she makes a quick phone call to a man known as W.E., played by Joe Stevens. And he pops down weirdly fast. He was like 30 seconds away, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it takes him approximately, yeah, like no time at all. Like, was yeah. he just stood outside? Um, Except, turns out that he is the creep that was with the shotgun that was threatening Barry. So Darla's in on the whole thing with the Sawyer family or the Slaughter family. Yeah, there's Slaughters they are in, this in this one. There's Slaughters in this one, which is also... I like that. I might change my surname to Slaughter. Bella Slaughter. Honestly, it rocks. It's like there's a an author whose sort of crime books I quite like called Karen Slaughter. Like, that's fucking iconic. You joking? That's so good. Such a good name. It's really for good. For someone who writes m- books about murders. It's so fun. <laughs> they tase Jenny and bag her up and pop her in Dala's trunk. And then Dala just like, she just stops off to pick up some pizza. Yeah, she's like, I'm getting pizza Jenny for dinner. in her trunk. Tell, she's like, tell Vilma that I'm getting pizza. And W.E.'s like, okay, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and some cops even turn up and sort of see the bags in the trunk and don't save her because Dala is so charming and sexy. And I guess cops are dumb. To be fair, I will say the Texas Chainsaw series in particular is very... A cab. Yeah, because all the cops are so fucking awful. They're either horrible people and they're like in with the Sawyers or they are Sawyers or whatever. Yeah. Or they're just completely useless at their job and let everyone die and never say anything. Or they're really, they're really quite nasty. Which one was it? Was it in the 2013 one where. The cops yeah. are actually the people who burnt down the Sawyer household. Yeah, yeah, they're they're sort of evil as well. Yeah, but just in a different way. Exactly, like in a, a lawful evil way yeah. rather than chaotic evil. So the cops are never good in these movies, and the cops are just particularly stupid really and stupid unimportant this one. He's in like, this one. what do you got in the trunk, little lady? And she's like, that's not, that, that's for me to know and you to find out or some like dumb shit like that. And he's like, okay. And she just drives away and she's like got a screaming woman in the back of her trunk. Yeah, she's got a screaming woman in a in bags with an open trunk and then a bunch of pizza. Apparently that's all just like that's fine. That's fine, because she's sexy. Also, actually, 
quick sidebar. Please. Drive through pizza. Yeah, where's that? that? Where is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I want drive through pizza right now. Drive through pizza is just a concept is so great to oh me. God, Maybe know. that's an American thing that I never have seen before, but... I mean, I lived there for, like, a decade. I never saw drive through pizza, I swear to God. No, Maybe no, I drive through other stuff, but not drive through pizza. Maybe there was a 90s thing. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. A thing that they should bring, bring back, back, frankly. Okay. At some point during the pizza retrieving, um, Heather, the prom girl from earlier, has escaped and crawled out onto the road, even though she's been like put on a meat hook into a fucking freezer and all this stuff. She's managed to get out and she's crawling away onto the road, only for Dala to unfortunately come across her, pick her up and bring her back to the house. Here, Leatherface has changed into his fun old lady Mrs. Doubtfire style outfit with complete with yeah, new mask and wig um, and takes Jenny inside. Now, the family tree here is odd. So Dala is Leatherface and W.E.'s sister. We know that much. And she's dating Vilma, but also like Leatherface and W.E. seem really attached to Vilma. So like how long has he been there? Are they also related to him? Yeah, so I'm confused by their, their family tree too. I My theory is that yeah, she's She's Leatherface's and W's sister, and that at some point they've and she's been married because she doesn't mention that she has a husband that she could go back to. She seems like one of those ones that's it happens again in a couple of these movies where they've got like a sibling or a family member who kind of betters themselves. You know, they get yeah, a bit more money. Kind of get out of it, but they not kind of quite. blend into society a little bit better. But and they kind of help out the remaining really cannibalistic family members with financially or whatever. Yeah. So she seems like maybe she kind of got out, got married, and then at some point Vilma has come along as some sort of like murderous vagabond and she's sort of fallen madly in love with him and moved him into the house and like left her husband. Yeah. And potentially that happened years ago, which I guess would explain everyone's attachment to Vilma. And he's very manipulative. Yeah, that's so, true. And I think W.E. and Leatherface seem like the types that would be easily manipulated by someone like him. So I think they're all just a bit under his thumb. But I don't think that he is biologically related to them. No, I think That's you're right. my theory anyway. I could be wrong. That would just be what I would assume. I mean, it's easy to assume that everything in these movies is incest. But I think that he's like third party that has come into their yeah. lives at like a later point i'd hope and so. push them further into a world of like crime yeah you're right okay so vilma starts to psychologically and physically torment jenny uh and leatherface drags heather into the room where vilma proceeds to bite her face partly off um she is still alive that's at this horrible point. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna give her a big old kiss. And then he just like bites her nose off and you're like, oh. That has a very slightly like psychosexual. Psychosexual is what I would yeah. definitely type portions of this film as. And definitely the dynamics between some of the characters is certainly psychosexual. So I just thought he was just being creepy, but then he just rips like her mouth and nose off with his bare yeah, teeth. It's That's really nasty. horrendous. 
That's really, Vilma is scary. She and is. I mean, he's really the villain of this movie. Yeah, Leatherface is not at all the villain. No, he's sort of just a boob who really loves Vilma. Like, obsessively yeah, loves yeah, Vilma. Yeah, he obsessively loves him. But yeah, so Heather's still alive after this point, even though, which is just funny. She has a lot more survival instinct than Barry clearly did. Yeah. Okay, so for whatever reason, Darla is sort of nice to Jenny and is doing her makeup upstairs. Um, and she tells her that Vilma isn't as bad as he seems. Vilma just hates his job. Jenny is confused and she elaborates that Vilma is employed by mystery men who run everything. The same people who killed JFK. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the conspiracy um, theory <laughs> plotline of this is something else. It starts else. coming in. Here. Why? Why would you even put? It's so. It's so convoluted. weird. It's the only film in the whole se- franchise, as far as I know, that has where there's a higher any, power. Yeah, any kind of higher power, like big conspiracy moment. Yeah, because in the rest of them, it's just more like they lost their job at the the old yeah, pig meat, meat mill mill company yeah and uh now they don't have any money and they weren't doing great beforehand so and now they've, they've, like, they've resorted to eating people fine and it's sort of like a, a discussion about like socioeconomic white collar blue collar work this sort of takes it further in oh this like blue collar southern man is being controlled by the government the man kill and potentially eat people although I don't, the cannibalism feature is not so strong in this. No, they either. seem to just like to eat pizza, which is interesting. Yeah, pizza they're mainly keen on. Potentially, a little human flesh as like a, a side. Yeah, as a treat. Like when I order pizza, I get like chicken wings on the side. Yeah, sure. Their chicken wings is like fing- I don't know fingies. Fing- I was about to say fingies as well. <laughs> 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 but yeah so she tells jenny that uh vilma is employed by the same people who killed jfk jenny obviously does not believe her because why would you um and vilma yeah. comes in kicks Dala out of the room and continues to torture jenny <laughs> just he's just kind of constantly harassing her and then leaving yeah and like you know, just kissing her on the cheek and then being like i'm gonna kill you and then being like i'm not gonna kill you <laughs> and it's just like a whole it's a whole lot yeah, it is. And eventually he gets Leatherface to take her back downstairs to continue mentally scarring her in the kitchen. Um, the family fight within themselves because they do not have a good family functioning situation at all. Um, and no. Jenny takes advantage of the chaos to pull a shotgun on them, forcing them all to kneel, except for Vilma, who won't kneel because he won't. Dala tells Jenny that it isn't loaded, causing even more havoc as Vilma attempts to kill Dala with his funky robot leg. He eventually wrangles the shotgun off of Jenny after aiming it into his mouth. He shoots a window, revealing that it was actually loaded the entire time and Jenny almost had her chance to escape, but didn't take it. Um, This whole section is an amazing performance by... uh, Mr. McConaughey, bit trivia sure is. for you. He originally auditioned for like a kind of hero role. I think at the end he was supposed to turn up as some guy on a motorbike and save Jenny. Like that was his whole role. But instead, he actually was like, "Ah, oh, I actually want to audition for Vilma. Would that be okay?" And um, Kim Henkel gave him a spoon and told him to pretend it was a knife, and then told him halfway through that his robot leg was malfunctioning and apparently he did so well that he got the, got the role and thank god he did 
Yeah, that's not shocking because he's really some. I mean, he really carries this film on his back, and I'll get into a little bit more when we get to uh, our good points. But this scene was particularly amazing. Yeah, and the rest of the movie—it's so funny. It's so campy and silly and kind of cheesy. And then as soon as he's on the screen, or as soon as he's yeah. taking the lead of a scene. It becomes incredibly gritty and serious and upsetting. Yeah, it feels much more mean spirited and like I don't know. I just couldn't take my eyes off him when he was on screen. Really enigmatic. Yeah, complete scene stealer. Actually, it's unfair to everybody else because Mm -hmm. I think Renee Zellweger does a good job in this, but he's just dominating this movie completely. Every moment that he's on screen. You can't, yeah, you can't stop fixating on him. Yeah, it's crazy. He's amazing. It actually made me want to see him as a, a villain in something else. I mean, yeah, he's not often a villain. He's been in lots of really good stuff. He won the Oscar, I believe, for uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. And then he's really good in like True Detective and stuff. He's really good in Wolf of Wall Street. But I want to see him as like a killer in something yeah. again. Like, give me that because he's really good at he's that. Some great. people are good at playing villains and he's clearly one of them i've never really quite taken him seriously as a romantic lead even though he's been pretty good at it i think in um it's how to lose a guy in 10 days is that him um yeah Yeah, i guess so so he definitely has like that charisma thing but it works better for being scary than it does for being like sexy yeah absolutely all right so, our girl Jenny takes her chances and uh, sprints out to drive away in Darla's car, only for Vilma to leap out of a window onto the hood and then fall off, which causes her to crash. Jenny is once again dragged back into the house and knocked out by Vilma. It's kind of like this, like, rinse and repeat. Yeah, like, she oh, keeps almost getting out. He's got him again. Ooh. Yeah, he's just too fast. It's like, he's really... Um, playing with his food yeah he lets her kind of get out of there for a second yeah he kind of keeps giving her hope and then shooting it down again over and over again really just trying to wear her down yeah we then cut to leatherface who's getting ready for dinner in his lovely lady skin suit and mask he's got some titties yeah Uh, he's got got some red lipstick on yeah curly black wig he's listening to german music (laughs) Is that the song that Blondie does? Oh my god, yeah, maybe. She, that's right, yeah, she does. She did a song with somebody else and the title of the song it's is German. German. So I think it's the one he's listening to whilst yeah, he's Yeah, I think you're right. And you can ready. get it as a single at the time. And the yeah. cover had Blondie and in the background was three different framed pictures of Leatherface in his different outfits from this film, which is so cool. So iconic. This film needs more attention, honestly. <laughs> it's a fucking camp masterpiece. Yeah, so Leatherface is kind of having a bit of a Buffalo Bill moment of like, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Yeah. He's feeling himself in the mirror. And Dala has also weirdly changed into this like silk bondage dress. It's got a lot of straps yeah, on it. Yeah, it's kind of like iconic. an aggressive amount of straps. Honestly, it's a serve. I think she's just trying to get Vilma to fuck, to be honest. Yeah. And she's teasing him around, messing with his robot leg contraption, but they're like horned up at the same time and trying to hurt each other. And <laughs> Yeah, it's messy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. 
He says that. His, uh... That's the second time he says that, his catchphrase yeah. ever in any film. <laughs> so weird. So that's from, da- he says that in Days and Confused. Days and Confused, yeah. Yeah, and then he says it again in this. He just likes saying it. I guess so. All right, all right, all right. Or he's making a reference to Days and Confused. I don't know. I don't know because this is not, those are not the only times he says those either. Like, I don't know why that became his catchphrase. (laughs) I don't know, but it's kind of I just think it's funny that he uses it in this (laughs) film of all films. But he does. It's Days and Confused exists in the same universe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's dinner time and Jenny is at the head of the table in a very, very metallic dress. Does it have shoulder pads in it or am I missing? Yeah, I think it probably does have shoulder pads. It's got that energy to it. It's hideous. It's really bad. I hate it. Um, and the gang's all here. So we've got Vilma, Leatherface, W.E. Dala, and even very dusty Grandpa, who is the staple of the series, along with some more grey taxidermy people and Heather's unconscious body. Vilma proceeds to scream in Jenny's ear and spit food all over her. The Fleming, the food it's at her, so like the gross. gobbing. So gross. Oh my god. Darla explains to Jenny that she can't help her because Vilma has installed a chip in her head that will explode upon his command. Jenny doesn't believe Darla's ramblings. And I think it's sort of a callback to earlier when Barry and Heather are talking and he's trying to convince her that he'll get cancer if if they don't fuck. She it's sort of about the lies lies of men and manipulation and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's very unlikely that Dala has a metal chip installed in her head that will yeah. explode because how the fuck would you do that without killing someone? Exactly. Um but she believes it and it, it keeps her subservient to Vilma, basically. Yeah. W.E. is talking to Grandpa about how family values have gone to hell, and Leatherface is just enjoying the show. It turns out that Leather wants Jenny's face as a new mask, which is why they have kept her alive for this long. He is gonna get a face present. Yay, new face present. Good for him. Mm. Finally, Jenny gains strength in all of the shenanigans because as per usual, the family are yelling at each other, Dala and Vilma are shouting at each other, etc, etc. Jenny gains strength in all of this and just asks Vilma to kill her already, calling him pathetic and calling Dala a liar. This sends Vilma into quite the tailspin and he just kind of starts freaking out and he whacks W.E. and Dala like really hard on the heads and even wakes up Grandpa who we all thought was dead. And this bit I laughed at again whilst rewatching because Grandpa just stands up and he has a knife and he just wanders (laughs) off and we again never see him again. He's gone to a... (laughs) to some grandpa yeah he's business. got shit to get on he's with like, wait i got i got shit to he's do. like fuck it's just like the way he like <laughs> rises up and he's just got a massive knife and he just sort of stumbles <laughs> away that's it jenny proudly announces that she is going to leave and no one can stop her unfortunately as she does so vilma decides to set heather on fire which still does not kill her yeah she's weirdly tough for a character that's like not particularly yeah important. so because yeah heather's been like whacked on the head, put in a freezer, put on a meat hook, set on yeah, fire. Lord, like actually. she's That's really lot. been through the fucking. It's she's been through the circus. Ridiculous. Anyway, now here is where things take a most unhinged turn. <laughs> I'm so excited. As if the film had not been <laughs> weird enough already. 
Darla hears a car pull up outside and peeks out the curtains to see a black estate car pull up, like a big, fancy car. Vilma answers the door to two men, one wearing his suit jacket as a cloak and a silent one wearing a very small leather daddy hat. Yeah, the the leather daddy hat is It's an interesting choice, because the thing is, obviously it's supposed to be like a chauffeur's hat, because they do wear those. Yes, but it's... But because from a sex shop. Yeah, I was gonna say because this had a very small budget and basically no time to do any good costuming, it's definitely a sex <laughs> shop hat, and that's the funniest part to me. <laughs> Vilma clearly already knows these men and unhappily lets them into the house. The man in charge is British and tells Vilma if he continues being rude, then he will consider him a silly boy. He also has no sideburns. We don't know why that yeah, is. Yeah, his hair his hair is shaved like how drag queens shave their hair like they shave off the the sideburns and sort of just a little bit around the fringe yeah area so that you can put on so a that wig. you can glue it yeah yeah i don't know why he's got that maybe he's a drag queen maybe that would be fun that would be fun either the character or the actor <laughs> happy with yeah either, either way <laughs> the british man who uh, we never find this out, actually, but he is called Rothman, played by James Gale, walks in and Jenny immediately su- assumes she has a way out of her situation at- and that Rothman is going to be her saviour. Rothman proceeds to ask Vilma what the fuck is going on and tells him that he wants these people to know the true meaning of horror and again calls him a silly boy. It's now clear that this man is, in fact, Vilma's sadistic employer and Dala was not lying about that, at least. Roth- Rothman then unbuttons his shirt to reveal a very serious scarification moment, along with huge piercings that look like they are pierced through extra nipples. Like it looks like he has three <laughs> enormous nipples, nipples on in his a stomach. row on his stomach. I don't. And me and Bella, when we watched it, we're just like, "What the fuck is going on? What do you mean?" Like the ultimate Why? twist. But the twist isn't anything that makes sense. It's just like, <laughs> you're just like, Yeah, we don't get an explanation for this. And then he continues on to give Jenny's face a good long lick. And then, like, leaves terribly. And in his rage, Vilma decides to crush Heather's head with his robot leg. Which finally does her in. Yeah, she's finally That dead. bit stresses me out, too. His expression while he's crushing a woman with his yeah, leg. Yeah, because you were like looking away and then you looked back up and you were like, is he jacking it? Yeah, I thought he was masturbating and then I was like, oh no, he's killing no, somebody. he's just crushing <laughs> her head. <laughs> so, Heather is finally dead and Vilma seemingly in some sort of guilty freak out, I'm not quite sure, starts slicing himself up and screaming. Like he just really starts hurting himself. I, I don't know if it's like he feels compulsed to kill people in rage and then feels bad about it, actually. That's also kind of an interesting character yeah, choice. Yeah, someone said, I re- I was reading about that scene, so I was like, why does he start basically, I mean, trigger warning, but he starts basically self-harming. Yeah. Like, I was like, why is he doing that? And some people were saying that he, that they think that Rothman... Like, that he has a chip installed in his head, for whatever reason, by Rothman, and Rothman is controlling him and punishing him. Oh, weird. That's interesting. Like, I don't know necessarily where they got that kind of idea from. I would like this to 
this all to be explored a little bit further, but it just doesn't do that. No, you know? no, it doesn't. Anyways, yeah. No. So this makes, yeah, Darla and Leatherface freak out. They're screaming too. And in all the chaos, Jenny takes advantage and escapes once again, only for Vilma to bring her back once again so that Leatherface can take off her head. Luckily, she snatches his leg controller out of his hand and allows her to completely fuck up his robot leg, leaving him incapacitated. She then leaps out the front door and Vilma sicks leather on her before chanting, get that bitch now. Well, he chants his own name, which is fun. He goes, Vilma! Interesting. Strange man. He goes, Vilma! Get that bitch (laughs) now! And then he starts running or whatever happens. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Jenny running for her fucking life uh, comes across a couple on their RV holiday, Mr. And Mrs. Spottish, who are enjoying a lovely bloody Mary complete with celery sticks uh, and everything on their lovely RV holiday in Texas. Obviously they see a girl covered in like dirt and running in the middle of the road and they're like oh what the fuck and they stop to let her in and they manage to drive away from leatherface who's in like very quickly coming up behind her so it all looks good jenny's gonna get away unfortunately vilma rocks up in his monster of a tow truck and completely fucks the rv causing it to tip over this presumably immediately kills mr and mrs spottish and I put a sad face emoji there. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Spottish just wanted their cocktails. They shouldn't have been drinking cocktails whilst driving, to Maybe be they're fair, having but... virgin Bloody Marys. Maybe they're just having nice tomato juice. That's what I have. I hate uh, I hate real Bloody Marys. I like virgin ones. See, I only like them if they've got booze in it. It's the only justification I can have for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Spotish are dead. Jenny gets out of their RV to just keep running, um, with Vilma and Leather quickly gaining on her. But, but, just in time, a yellow two-seater airplane comes out of the sky and hits Vilma on the head, killing him instantly. (laughs) And before you ask, no, we do not get to find out who's flying the plane. such a weird death for him it's just the way he dies instantly is so funny like he's just done yeah he just keels over and then so again the people who think that rothman was controlling him and you were saying this too you think that basically the person the yellow player had had yeah was who was a hitman for vilma because obviously they don't kill leatherface yeah but like they could have done it in so many other ways it's just like the most garish fucking like little two-seater like fancy plane (laughs) that just comes out of the like out of fucking nowhere and just takes it out really really hard to swoop down low enough to hit someone with the wheel of your plane yeah without also crashing your plane yeah exactly i think it just seems like why didn't they just like snipe him I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'll take a helicopter or something that's, like, easier to, like, keep still in the air. Because, like, a helicopter can stay still in one place in the sky, whereas a plane has to always be moving, like a shark. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they can't just, like, hover. don't get it. I also think a better death for Vilma would have been Leatherface accidentally killing him with his chainsaw. But, Mm. you know. Anyway. 
But yeah, so no, we don't find out who's driving the plane. Um, I don't know why. No. But Vilma's dead and Leatherface is squealing in anguish over the untimely comeuppance of his brother, uncle, cousin-in-law. <laughs> Leatherface is very sad about it. He is very sad. I actually feel almost bad for him. I also like he does because he's got the, his like lady costume on at this point. And he like yes. puts one hand up to his face and goes, <laughs> Oh yeah, he does like a little lady scream. Yeah. It's good. Suddenly a honk draws Jenny's attention away to a car pulling up. Hooray, safety. She gladly hops in not you know, double checking or anything, see that the man in the car is Rothman, Vilma's employer. He tells her that she has nothing to fear and that this whole experience has been an ultimate failure and then takes Jenny to the hospital by way of apology. As a police officer is trying to ask her what kind of hell she escaped from, she locks eyes with a woman on a gurney. It's Sally. Sally Hardesty from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the first one, but this movie is set about 22 years later. Why is Sally there? We do not know. Um, it's also, she is played by Marilyn Burns too, even though she's anonymous in the credits. Not sure. Confused. Not sure why Rothman doesn't want Jenny dead after all this time. I think he wants her to die, but only if it's a spiritual experience. I mean, honestly, his monologue yeah. near the end makes basically zero sense. Zero sense. I actually have zoned out of it both times I've watched it. And then he starts speaking in French and German. Yeah, honestly, it lost me a little bit at that point. But, you know, people can make their own interpretations. Anyway, the final shot is Leatherface screaming and waving his chainsaw around in the sunset as he grieves over the death of Vilma. The end. Yay! Alright, so now it's time for Bella's favourite segment, Ask the Public. (laughs) Yes! Here I will read Bella hilarious, bizarre, and downright deranged reviews and comments that I have found from rummaging around on the internet, primarily on Amazon, IMDb, and YouTube. Alright, are you ready? I'm so excited for these. This movie was written by a monkey? Or was it a donkey? By Mlaine. (laughs) Mlaine. That's Why is that difficult to say? Mlaine. (laughs) Mlaine. Mlaine. (laughs) okay right yep sure if you have seen any of the texas chainsaw massacre saga movies don't see this one this movie can be described with two words garbage and ripoff first of all has nothing to do with the original texas chainsaw movies except for the chainsaw and the crazy family second the screenplay must have been written by a monkey because the whole film is so naive and twisted compared to the other texas chainsaw films this film could be the new dawn of trash movies hopefully not naive and twisted is a really interesting Mm. um analysis of this movie (laughs) i also like that they were afraid that this was the new dawn of trash movies. Also, this review was from 1998, as of the oh, next Oh, wow, two. so, yeah, so, like, just after the recut, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just, like, really afraid that this just, like, spelled disaster for the future of film. <laughs> um, and it, I mean, I guess it did for a little bit, sometimes. Yeah. 
Absolutely the worst sequel or remake to any film I have ever seen by Darkman. I can't believe how bad this film is. It makes Weekend at Bernie's 2 look like Citizen Kane. It was boring and it didn't make any sense. And this is supposed to be a remake of the original. If you want to see a good chainsaw film, watch the first one. Obviously. Actually, any of the other sequels are better too. I just hope that the new 25th anniversary one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre TX25, coming out in 1999, isn't this bad. Then again, I don't think anything could be this bad. So I've included this one because this was a movie that was planned and got scrapped. Interesting. I was going to say, I do not fucking know about that movie if it ever came out. Yeah, no, I read this and I was like, what the fuck do you mean? TX25? TX25? Yeah, and they... I, I don't know what happened to it exactly. Huh. But uh, it died a death. Yeah, um, I guess when so. When I looked it up, it just it just came up under... um, Yeah. Movies that never came to be, but had had a lot of hype around them. Huh. Well, that's a shame it didn't I'm, come out. I'm... S- I'm intrigued. I'm sad there's no weird 25th anniversary movie called TX25. That sounds like Halloween H2O I love when they started just (laughs) naming shit like that, like Jason X. Like, why was the X coming in? I want more of that. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. (laughs) You ready for this? Yes. I prefer to puke upwards before watching this movie again. Huh? By Patrizio. Patrizio. Patrizio would rather puke upwards before what watching does this movie. Puke upwards mean? You shoot it at the ceiling. <laughs> oh. Anyway, let's read Patrizio's review. Change the channel. Turn off the TV. Run. Kill me. Those are part of the things I told myself. Obviously, I was alone because no one could stand in front of the TV looking at this movie for more than 15 minutes whilst watching this fucking film. Oh yeah, I stayed until the end. I deserve a prize for my sacrifice. Worse, worst. A real disaster. I saw a lot of B-class movies and I think the worst one of them deserves an Oscar in comparison with this crap. This is not a B-class one. I can't even consider this a film. I think it's with my top five worst movies ever. Not even Renee saves it. Can't understand people defending this film. It gives you no arguments to do so, not even one. I really tried to watch the movie knowing that it could be very bad, but this is beyond any critic or I can do. I'm feeling a very big stupid for commenting on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling a very big stupid. (laughs) A very big stupid. I um. You hang think on, you I'm not should done feel? Yet. Oh, sorry. Th- there's a punchline to this. Oh, good. Worst film in years, and I'm really sure that it is far the worst horror movie or horror comedy one ever. I rate this movie two stars out of ten. In brackets, there is always something lower. Oh, he was like, this is really the worst uh, thing I've ever ever seen, but it's two stars out of ten. Yeah, but no. No movie deserves to get lower than a two stars out of ten, I guess, in his mind. Which, honestly, I kind of agree with. I think some people are way too harsh just, like, handing out half a stars to fucking anything. Yeah, to anything they fancy. It's something that people have clearly put a lot of hard work into, and I I would avoid, generally speaking, unless I think that it's in really poor taste, 
give yeah, like an incredibly low score. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, Patricio is correct, but hilarious review. Puke upwards, a very big stupid, and then just like finishing it off. All of that hatred was just like two, two out of ten. Though. Two out of ten There's yeah. always something worse. Yeah, like, fair I enough. I guess so. Patrizio, I think <laughs> should feel like a very big stupid because this film is a masterpiece. <laughs> All right. What an embarrassment by Jahoo. This movie is nothing like the original, which in its time was one of the scariest movies I've seen. This movie does nothing but tries to use the movie title to make a quick buck. Totally stupid and big embarrassment. I hope they will now let the Texas Chainsaw Massacre rest in peace after this movie. Uh, <laughs> let it rest spoiler in alert, peace. They did they not. They did not. <laughs> I'm so sorry, <laughs> Jahu. They didn't leave it alone. Jahu, they really didn't. I'm so they... sorry, bud. <laughs> They're going to keep digging this one and making it dance around, rotten Fucking and all, uh, for the rest of time, I think. Damn. Okay. It's Good, Bad, and Very, Very Ugly by Farkinell. Good. The film resembles scenes from the first installment. Bad. Odd scenes are in this film, like that guy lif- licking R. Zellweger's face. What's with that guy anyway? <laughs> Ugly. The plot, acting, screenplay, um, everything nearly. <laughs> Just, what's with that guy anyway? <laughs> what's question. with that guy anyway? Honestly, yeah, fucking hell. I don't fucking know what his problem is. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, You're right to question it. I'm glad that you brought that up because <laughs> none of us know what his deal is. I like it. <laughs> I like the cult subplot. I think it's really yeah, weird. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's absolutely insane. I think his weird extra nipples is fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Not Enough Horror by Sharon. Didn't like this movie. Not enough horror in it. Shazza, um, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's not, it wasn't Well, it's just, I like not enough horror in it, but like, it's a horror movie, so the whole thing is horror. Yeah, technically the whole thing is already horror. Also, a lot of it is quite horrible. I don't really know what she's, she feels like she's missing. Yeah, like, I found it actually really uncomfortable in places. Yeah, I thought it was actually pretty brutal. I thought it was quite upsetting and really mean-spirited at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is, to me, the soul of Texas Chainsaw. Mm. You know, what each one of them need in order to work is is this kind of brutal misery, unrelenting unhappiness kind of thing. It, with the exception of the second one. Because the second one's not mean-spirited at all. It's no, just it's just fun. fun. This is kind but... of a fun time. I will say it is interesting that this one kind of... Actually, I was about to say this one has a happy ending because she gets away. But I guess that's true of the first one too. Yeah, she's just a final girl. Yeah. Which, I mean, sort of a sad ending for Leatherface, which is odd. Hmm. They all kind of are though. Leatherface hmm. is just kind of sad. Just kind of sad. He's sort of a sad slasher yeah. versus the others. Like, I don't feel bad for like freddy in fact i want to fight freddy like yeah i want to fight freddy in like hand-to-hand combat yeah he's such an asshole but like leatherface you're always just kind of like, like oh man sorry bud. it's a bit sad really yeah it's very like manipulated and abused and sort of has the mind of a child a bit tragic and... really isn't it yeah it's been turned into a bit of a weapon hmm. all right 
<laughs> Next one. This one's all in caps. Okay. So I want you to picture that as I read it. Mad people by the cat man. <laughs> Which is good. Oh my God. Hi, as this is hopefully last installment, it really is a true story as everything went quiet until the 22-5-1996 when the new generation started again, but no one was caught for the crimes, question mark. Any person that kills another and eats them has got to be completely mad. Hopefully they're all dead by now. This one isn't so gory as the first two, but Renee Zellweger plays a very good part and really fights for her life and being the only one to escape this mad family. So... What I want to address here is that this person clearly thinks that every time the the little narrator guy at the beginning of these movies goes in so and so there was a crime. In nineteen seventy three, yeah, he clearly thinks that these are all like really accurately based on a true story. Yeah, I suppose so. The Catman thinks that this is a biopic. It says it really is a true story as everything went quiet until 1996 when new generations start, but no one was caught for the crimes. Any person that kills another person eats them has got to be completely mad. Hopefully Hopefully they're they're all dead dead by by now. now. I'm concerned for this person that he thinks that all of this is true. Yeah, me too. I'm worried about him. It's okay, bud. He thinks that Leatherface is just like... Yeah, still out there. Like, just still fucking hanging out eating people. It's okay, dude. And he's just fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that he's dead by now. He's like, Catman, it's all good, buddy. Don't worry. I think this review is from like 2002. So he's just like hoping that, oh, it's been enough time. Yeah, Hopefully the they've the all been caught. The 2003 movie comes out and he's like, oh, oh no. Man. <laughs> They're back at it. Oh, I can't fucking escape. The, the movie indicates that there's that new crimes have been uncovered <laughs> it's like they've got to make a movie every time every these people time. kill somebody catman opens netflix sees the new fucking text <laughs> when he's like Whoa! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> how have the they not been caught of- yeah won't somebody please apprehend <laughs> these savages <laughs> <laughs> oh no poor oh. guy All right. fuck it <laughs> bravo by Mikhail great service fast delivery to countries like Denmark the movie is good what? not something I can complain about bravo <laughs> he gave what? it five stars <laughs> huh fast Which, delivery to enough. countries like Denmark where, where was this review from <laughs> Amazon. Oh, I see. I guess he got the DVD. Yes, he did. He bought the DVD, the two thousand, the 1997 The version. movie is good. Not I, something I can complain about. Bravo. I'm just hearing it in like a Denmark accent, like in my head. <laughs> I can't do a Danish accent, so you're no, out of No, I luck. can't either, but I'm hearing it like in my, in my mind. Oh my God. That, yeah. He's just not a complainer. No. Mikhail. He loves this. I he wish more movie. people had that attitude. He was like, I can't complain about it, so it's a masterpiece. Bravo. If, I've th- if there's nothing I can specifically complain about, yeah. <laughs> then it's like, yeah, good. It's fine. <laughs> then it's good, actually. <laughs> um, This movie taught me that the scariest people are the ones that wear suits. Wow. Is one of the YouTube Bro, comments. Bro, fuck. 
Oh my god. <laughs> so deep. Oh holy shit. Oh my god. He's on to something. Fucking hell, I think he's on to something, guys. Just hear him out. <laughs> also, like, they aren't the scariest people in this movie. No, like I hate to say it. Like, I understand. Vilmer what... and Vilmer is definitely the most frightening person in this film by like a long shot. By a long shot, yeah. Like I understand the point that this person is trying to make because clearly they Yeah, they're controlled by the rich by the rich people the who wear suits and the British. <laughs> um <laughs> primarily uh i get that um but yeah i hate to say it but vilma is the scariest character in the film and he i don't think he's ever even been in a suit i would assume yeah no probably does not own a suit no and then this is my last comment the film is basically the scream of its franchise huh so i don't know what this means in any any way, shape, or form, I don't understand oh, this. Oh, no, I think I know what they're trying to say. Okay, can you de- decipher this for me? I think what they're trying to say is that, so Scream is like a parody of horror films, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. In its own way, it's a satire. Yes. Um, And so I think what they're trying to say is that the fourth film is a satire it's of the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense then. I thought they were like trying to imply that Scream was bad, so that this is the Scream of its franchise. I was confused. Yeah, I, I mean, it's still worded really weirdly, but I think that's what they mean. All right. Right, now it's time for our thoughts. I think we've already laid out any of the bad uh, for all to see, so now comes, well, I would say the tricky part, but it's not really uh, the easy part. What was good about it? Um. Okay, well, I have quite a lot of points. I okay. do think that this is, starting out, I think this is one of the better Leatherface performances. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, obviously, every Leatherface has his own charm um, that he brings to the role. Yeah. None of them will ever be as good as Gunnar Yeah, they're Hansen. all quite individual. Yeah. Um, I think his masks are not very good in this one in, the, in that they don't look like skin no. particularly. But I like that he changes and there's kind of a more of a play around with Leatherface's kind of sexuality, not sexuality so much, but like gender. Gender expression? Yeah. Yeah. And the way he changes kind of personality when he has the different masks on is really interesting. Yes. But yeah, I thought the performance was pretty in like pretty cool, very animalistic and actually quite terrifying. Mm. Lots of squealing, screeching, that sort of yeah. thing. Um I don't know, it just makes it made Leatherface seem more kind of like a petulant some I think the quote is, I can't remember who said it, like a petulant child more so than a terrifying like maniac. But it's I liked yeah. that. I thought that worked here. I had like an almost identical note that says no one does Leatherface like Gunnar Hansen, but I feel like this guy really tries hard to make Leatherface interesting yeah, and flesh him out without dialogue. It has that same sort of boobish, giant child-like yeah. klutzy thing going on and all the like weird screaming, I feel like is an homage to Hansen. And, like, his main letdown, again, is, like, the shitty masks, which the masks only look good in the first two movies. Yeah. All the others, it could really take or leave the masks. But, again, it's interesting, at least, that he gets 
diversity in this one. Yeah, definitely. Because that's one of the best things about the first one is that he's got his original mask and then he's got a mask made of a person and then he's got his pretty like lady mask that he wears to dinner and stuff. That shows personality and it's important when you've got a character that doesn't speak and you never see their face. Yeah, you need it all to be in the performance. Yeah, it needs to be fleshed out in other ways and I think him changing the mask and body language and mannerisms are really integral to that. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. It still feels like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. You know, it's really gritty and gross and sweaty. It looks like it smells bad. It's very clearly set in in Texas. Yeah, it is. It was actually shot just outside of Dallas, I think they said. Or Austin, yeah. maybe. It was Austin. And excellent set dressing. Yeah. Like the most one of the most gnarly lived in houses since the first movie, I think. Like really dirty hoarder shit where there's just crap everywhere and weird body parts and the dining room looks a lot like the one in the first movie but with its own take on it and I like that it felt gross like the main problem with some of the movies is that they feel too clean yeah definitely that's what I felt with the third one I think it was 3D is the worst for it. Oh, 3D is really bad, yeah. I really want to look at these movies and feel like it stinks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I know it smells crazy in there. Yeah. And it just feel kind of oily and sweaty and dirty and just gross. Like, even just the details of people having dirt under their nails Yeah, is it's good. just all gross and nasty. And nasty and stinky and just no concept of hygiene or anything like that. I think that that's really important. So the house and the setting and the look of things, I think, was really, really good. And I also like that they combined that with this sort of like extremely 90s campy cheesy like bright color thing with yeah. the, the hair and the makeup and the Love red that. lipstick and the prom dresses so it's got like this aspect of silly parody fun more modern slasher perhaps where we started to like branch out into you know just slashes as a whole being set in like high schools and all this kind of thing which Texas Chainsaw hadn't really been about before this no so i like those combining other slasher tropes into the world of texas chainsaw and still kind of staying true to it through aesthetic and mean-spiritedness and the energy of the whole thing but giving it a little a little twist that makes it stand out quite a lot in the franchise where i think a lot of the movies kind of blend together because like 2003 2006 and leatherface could all largely be the same film to me yeah aesthetically yeah 3d just sucks we won't linger on it this and two are probably the most similar but then i think this one almost has more in common with the first one than two has with the first one actually yeah i think you're right i actually think you're right and then um i kind of want to build on that point a little bit you brought it up slightly but i actually think since the first one because i mean we i won't talk about the ones that come after this necessarily mm-hmm. but within the first four of the original franchise i think this one but gets the closest to that really really just mean cruel sadistic 
feeling from the first one and the chaos of the first yeah. one where everyone's like talking over each other yelling at each and other fighting each and it just feels like a lot like it's actually stressful other. because everyone's just yelling and yeah yelling fucking fighting just it's a lot it's really overwhelming yeah it's not quiet it's loud consistently yeah and it feels claustrophobic like the first one yeah absolutely i think that's why it works so well i really do i think that this is in in tone in most ways it's the closest to the first one obviously the first one has a lot less camp than this this one is but i mean yeah this is sillier yeah but that's what's interesting and it's not as good i'm not gonna ever like try and say that it is no but it's touching it in aspects yeah it certainly has something to it and i you know it is camp but i i kind of immediately got what they were putting down when yeah the teenagers started talking like i was a little bit confused about the tone of the film and then when they got in the car and barry was like oh if you don't fuck me i'm gonna get prostate cancer or whatever i was like oh okay this is a camp masterpiece and it's it's made excellent to parody like teenage characters in horror films yeah teenage slashes yeah like heather is especially stupid and Barry is especially misogynistic, and Jenny is the ultimate final girl. Yeah, was well, like what those that person said that it's the scream of its uh, franchise. I yeah. guess it kind of is. It is quite self-reflective and referential. It loses its head a little bit with the convoluted cult plot stuff. Yeah, but aside definitely. from that, you can see that it's looking inwards and is kind of having a laugh at all of it. Yeah absolutely and similarly about the characters um i like that they're they're all bizarre and they all stand out from one another yeah i don't get anyone confused they don't all just like blend into one amorphous blob of brunettes who are you know hunky or whatever like a lot of slasher movies where i'm like is that like who's her boyfriend or is that, that her yeah. boyfriend is that the camp counselor? Who is that? Like, you know, where you're just like, I don't know who these people are. I don't remember their names. In this, I like clicked with all of their names and who they were like within, you know, the first 20 minutes yeah. of watching. It was very clear. Because they, whether they stand out like because they're excellent, like Vilma, or because they're ridiculous and bizarre, like Heather and her death fetish. Yeah. I remember them all. They're all memorable. Even extras in this are memorable. Yeah, absolutely. And then, obviously, the point that we can bring on there is the performances by the actors. Yes. So, I mean, Renee Zellweger, I actually think at the beginning, I was like, I'm not so sure about this. This was her first film ever, I she think. She warmed into it, I think. Yeah, at the beginning, I was like kind of unconvinced. And then by the time, yeah, by the sort of end, I actually was very, con- I was, I thought it was a very... Yeah, I thought she got better and better as it went along, and she yeah. ended up being very good. Yeah, I think so. Like genuinely, quite. She's upsetting. also got a good, a good role. I think. Ju- uh, Jenny. I hope like that. I 
Yeah, I like that. I've written Julie in my notes. Um, Yeah, I think that she's been given a good role because Jenny's a really tough, likable final girl. She's easy to underestimate, but she's sort of secretly tough and quite fleshed out. As the lengthened cut will reveal, she was dealing with abusive men her whole life and thus avoids sex and relationships. But that sort of endurance gives her the upper hand against a guy like Vilma, which I think is... I think that's interesting. I think so too. Clearly tried to make her fleshed out. Yeah. Even if it didn't completely pan out. I, I still, again, I, I I picked up what they were putting down. I liked her and I think that Renee did a really good job as her. And she's a memorable final girl to me, honestly. She's, yeah, she's I like her. She's probably in my top 10, top 20 at the very least final girls. Yeah, certainly. Um, and then obviously Matthew McConaughey as, as Vilma is mind-blowing. Yeah, actually, I think it, he's one of my favorite, like, killer portrayals. Killers? Maybe yeah, ever. Like, really, honestly, he's in my, like, top ten yeah. of horror movie killer portrayals. I like him as much as, like, I like Michael Pitt and funny games and stuff. Yeah, I think he's really, really enigmatic. It's crazy. I I could go on about it all day. He's such a good lead villain that honestly the rest of it doesn't matter because he creates such a strong backbone for this movie that it it honestly doesn't matter if any if the rest of it was good. Like the rest of it is good, but he carries it regardless. If Matthew McConaughey was not in this film, it would be nothing. I kind of think. Yeah, I like the rest we have of it. Both said that. But it's just <laughs> he makes sure that it stays upright. That's it. Yeah, we said that halfway through watching it for the first time. We were like, oh yeah, right. Well, this is kind of fun. Without him, it, it's nothing. It's it's just not even it's not really worth commenting on. It would be like yeah. it would be like the third movie. It would just be But fine. with him, I think it's fucking great. He yeah, he actually makes it good. Cause he's great in it. Yeah. So he takes a movie from being meh to good by being excellent and outstanding. Yeah. Really set him up. Absolutely, uh, I agree. It's just someone who was gonna have a very <laughs> amazing career. <laughs> Absolutely. Um they put the camera noises in. They made those touches to the original. I love it. I Yay. love it when they do that. I was also never bored. Uh, yeah, I was never bored. I don't know if the pacing is even good per se, but it's certainly quick and like immersive. I was like, okay, let's keep going. Punchy, punchy. Yeah. And similarly, really good tension. The threat of violence of various kinds is always sort of looming and makes for a really uncomfortable atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, I like the eclectic score, sort of hopping between like weird needle drops and discordant like accordion. Yeah. And since I thought that that was really I think fun. it's fun. So that's basically all I have to say on it. Um, do you have any other points? My final point, just to try and sell it just even a little mm-hmm. bit, even if none of that sounds like your cup of tea, because honestly, it's really weird to me that me and Fox seem to be some of the only people gunning for this movie, <laughs> but I will fucking die on this hill because I really enjoyed it. That's a banger of a movie. I was expecting to like love hate this and I actually just loved it. <laughs> I just love it, yeah. But even if none of that convinces you, 
you will just have a fucking good time watching it's it. It's so because funny. Some of the dialogue so is so funny. Even if it's unintentional, I actually cried laughing at several points because just the stuff that happens is so off, just fucking out of nowhere. Like the state trooper in the corner of that one room that girl in the red dress who does the weirdest acting of all time heather's weird death fetish you know yeah. <laughs> all of this so strange darla flashing her fake tits out the broken window yeah, the tit flashing was really something too i just it's bizarre it's surreal it's very funny you will have a good time. Even if you watch it and you're like, this is the biggest piece of shit ever. I don't know what Fox and Bella were talking about. (laughs) I think it's garbage. I don't think it has any redeeming qualities, but it is fucking funny and it was fun to have a laugh at. That's fine. You still got something out of it. Yeah, I think it's like the kind of thing that you just need to have some snacks going or some drinks or whatever and just like, have a laugh. You'll have fun. Yeah. Regardless. Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. All right. So this year we won't be giving movies actual scores, but instead we'll be looking at the scores others have given them and saying whether we think the movie deserves a higher score, a lower score, or whether we agree with the current standing amongst critics and the general public. So, first up, the public. On IMDb, this film gets a 3.3. Do you want to go higher, lower, or do you agree? I think it deserves higher than that. 3.3 is incredibly low on IMDb. Like, even some of the shittiest films I've ever seen have still gotten at least halfway up on an IMDb score. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think it deserves higher. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. All right, and now the critics, 16%. Higher, lower, or agree? Damn, higher. Absolutely higher. Yeah, definitely higher. All right, for the third fortnight in a row, we've done both higher for a movie. Yeah, I think think this one is really redeemed. Yep, absolutely. Fuck y'all who say it's bad. I love it. (laughs) I think it's a good movie. Would you look at that? There's somebody at the door. <laughs> oh, what do they look like? I don't think uh, I don't think our guests can see them properly. They're just a little flesh uh, cube. Oh, just a little little pink cube. You, you sort of um, vascuous and veiny hmm. and vibrating. Oh. And he has very teeny little hands sticking outside on the sides of the cube and on the bottom very very teeny feet no arms or legs just hands Does and feet. Does he have a face? No. Oh. He's just just sort of a veiny muscular flesh cube with little little hands and feet and he's sort of stomping his feet and slapping his sides <laughs> and I think he wants to come in so shall we well, let him I in? think we should better let yeah I think we better let him in real quick. <laughs> Hello there. Are you looking to buy a movie? Uh, you are, you say. I think we've got one that you might like. It's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation. It has a soundtrack featuring Blondie. And an extremely good 
performance by Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. You'll take it. Perfect. That'll be £7.50. <laughs> Thank you so much. Please come again. Yay, we did it. All right. I don't know about you, but I think our deceased friend could do with a pick-me-up in the form of some fish and chips. You know what? I think you're right. Oh, don't look so worried. You're not dead. We mean him, not you. (laughs) Though that does mean it's time to close up shop, because frankly, fish and chips is for residents only. Don't look so sad. We'll be back soon. And don't worry about looking for us. We'll come to you. Be safe out there. If the landlord got him, he'll get you too. Now off your pop. Try to avoid strange real estate agents' offices in the woods. And we'll see you next time at the Gorporium. See you soon. Just want to thank our editor and night manager, Beck Gray, our executive producer and resident head in a jar, Brendan Hill, and our dad, Tyler Massey, for our theme song. His music podcast is called WMSCP and is available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to stay updated with our individual projects, Fox's Twitter is at FoxClaretHill, F-O-X-C-L-A-R-E-T-H-I-L-L. And my Twitter is at Bella Scarlet, B-E-L-L-A underscore S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T-E. Thanks for listening.